Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Major U.S. banks announced today that they're going to start a digital dollar trial with the New York Fed starting next month. Wow. Here it comes, folks. You heard it here first. So here it comes. I'm not sure if I was actually allowed to say that, but we can go ahead and post this. I will ride that out with with Ernie later. (laughs) But that is digital dollars talked about and used on blockchain. They studied Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of that. They have it freaking pretty much down to how they want it to work. And it would be a real digital dollar that the U.S. government would issue. What's going on, guys? Welcome in to another episode of Money Moves. Of course, your host, Matty A., my co-host, Mr. Breedwell. How are we doing, What's up, guys? I'm doing good. I just... uh just got back from San Antonio for a couple of days. I was out and about looking at some land. Um, back into the swing of things. Back to the old coal mines. Would you? I saw. I saw you. Uh, you were out at the Pearl. Yep. Went to the out. Pearl. What'd you think of the Pearl? It was cool. the uh, The hotel Emma was really pretty crazy. It was a good vibe. Um, I stayed at the Canopy, like I told you, which is really yeah. It was good too. Yeah, it was, it was good too. It was Kinda definitely tight, not a little small. Yeah, small. Yeah. yeah. And it smelled weird because it was all concrete. Mm. So, you know. Did you have uh, breakfast downstairs out on the river walk? No, I did not. Oh. I had breakfast at multiple places, but not on the river walk. We pretty much just ate around, but never at the river walk. I went to this one place that was, uh, I forget what it was called, but it was pretty pretty phenomenal. They informed me that it was a big spot for influencers. And like like 30 minutes later, it was like all of Instagram was in there. It was kind of funny. So everybody had their tripods and their ring lights. They literally, yeah, they did. They have special tables made for them. They even put oh, lazy okay. Susans on some of the tables so that people can like spin the food and stuff. I was like, I'm just here to eat. That's kind of smart, actually. Not, yeah, not- so the food is good. I just want to eat. Texas does not disappoint when it comes to the food. And no, Riverwalk was. A nice little uh, treat. I'm sure you guys were cruising around. Phenomenal. The uh, best. I had. Uh, I went to Pinkerton's, the barbecue. That's where I barbecue yeah. at, and it was really good. They had a full bar over to the one side, and then went to the little 
slab, had some brisket, had some pork ribs. Um, Unbelievable. Met up with Santos. So saw them. So that's good. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, today we are going to dig in on our normal agenda. As always on the show, we cover all current events on stocks, real estate, and personal finance to help you on your wealth building journey. It was a wild last week. I mean, obviously I was gone. Thanks for holding down the fort. I was out in uh, Disney World with fam, having some fun and uh, getting back in the swing of things, trying to keep track of everything that was going on with the elections and midterms, a lot of uh, what, I mean, I guess it's, there's, there's always drama going on in, yeah. in politics, but uh, with the House, Senate, governors all up for grabs, you know, what was your overall take on how that tied into what the financial world um, is responding with this week? Um, I think that the midterm, so I think a lot of people got caught up on a red wave tsunami thing, which I liked saying, but um, I think my red wave to me was like taking a house because um, we took a lot of seats. I think like 19 or so seats we flipped so far, which is a lot uh, when 430 seats are up uh, for grabs. So that is being downplayed by uh, the media because that is kind of a big deal. Um, I expect the Republicans to take the House uh, probably with 219 uh, majority, but at least hit the 218. Um, That'll be really good when that happens because that'll allow the the House to block stuff like the Ukraine funding and put some kind of bipartisan agreements together versus everything just being crazy spending bills and driving the economy into a deeper, deeper, deeper pit. so I'm excited for that. Uh, the Senate, I, I think, is confirmed that it's going to be split. There's a runoff race in Georgia. I think the media is trying to, again, make it out that the Democrats had this massive lead. I think they won by 46,000 votes. So um, and a lot of there was a third candidate that did pick up a decent amount of votes. Probably, I think it was a little over a million. So there's lots of votes to be dispersed. Um, so I think it's going to be an interesting race. Um, but yeah, I was I was pretty happy with it. I don't really think it affected the market as much. I think the market liked the news to see that there's a split uh, House and Senate. But the market reaction over the past few days has been the um, the CPI and the PPI, the inflation data, coming yeah. out much better than expected. And kind of finally, those um, indicators that are lagging caught up. And uh, we have the telltale signs that have, are... are what we could see in other data points, but are not the data points they use for inflation or policymaking that inflation had been cooling off and that's starting to show itself. So we're going to dig in, of course, on updates around inflation and what's going on with uh, mortgages, loan originations. We've got uh, some updates for you guys on, on home sales, all the real estate data inventory, our normal um, upkeep there. I think obviously what took front and center this week in pretty much everything has been this insane financial scandal with the yeah. FTX and uh, what is his name? Sam, Sam Bankman Friedman or something like that. I don't know. And 100% playing him. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, right. I saw Netflix salivating yeah. watching this unfold, which is just an unbelievable story. So we're going to touch on that a little bit. But for those of you who are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We got all of these up on YouTube now. So go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe there, drop us a comment, say what up, 
And if you enjoyed the show, all we ask is that you leave a review on iTunes. If you haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray that Ryan and his amazing team do for anyone that has a financial portfolio investments, and you want somebody to go through that with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that your advisor, your you know, uh, wealth partner is you know doing the best in your interest based on what goals you're trying to achieve, that's something that him and his amazing team offer for free. Just text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. Of course, for all my accredited investors that want to know more about syndications, investment opportunities, uh, right now we've got the Green Coffee Company, which has just been rocking it. We actually cr- closed out the Series C Tranche 1, moving into Tranche 2. Um, so that one's a really exciting one. I've had a lot of people um, from our amazing community jump in on that one. So congrats and shout out to everybody. We're uh, pretty excited about what they're doing over at Green Coffee Company. Um, and this is something that uh, you can learn more about that and other investments that we put out to the community by texting the word deals to that same phone number up there on the screen, 844-447-1555. Uh, if you're not on my text letter yet, text the word notes to uh, the weekly newsletter that goes out as well as um, events. If you want to know more about upcoming events that we have to get in proximity with us, you can text the word events to 844-447-1555. So with that being said, today is November 15th and six more weeks left in the year. We are wrapping up and turning the corner, which ultimately, right, December usually slows down and holidays really start to, you know, get people in this wind down mode. But what is kind of as we head in December, what are some of the things in terms of the financial world that you guys are paying attention to right now? Obviously, inflation data is Mm -hmm. very important. Look yep. at unemployment. We're hearing more tech layoffs. Really, a lot of the layoffs that we have seen just in tech and heard about is tech, right? It's kind of interesting where tech seems to be, you know, starting to shrink a little bit, which we all kind of knew was going to be necessary. You know, the bubble seemed very overinflated, valuations overinflated, you know, payroll and employees overinflated. Now they're starting to tighten the belt a little bit. Um, most of the layoffs that have been, you know, noted have been Meta laid off eleven eleven thousand thirteen percent of their workforce. Twitter thirty seven hundred fifty percent. Intel, Snapchat twenty percent. Robinhood thirty percent. Stripe, Salesforce, Lyft thirteen. But again, as we talked about, all of these have been, you know, tech companies and, and they're overhired during the pandemic because they could because people work from home so that's and, and companies were seeing insane growth in demand during that time as well yeah. now we're starting to fee- see things slow down a little bit so talk a little bit about well one cpi and ppi numbers came out last week and today what did yeah. you guys see and what did that kind of foreshadow in terms of uh what the markets are going to respond like so the inflation numbers still were up. They're just they on CPI. They just came out lower on the rise than expected by a good amount. And then we had PPI come out flat. Essentially, um, it was the same number as last month on the core. Um, I think core CPI. I can't remember exactly. I believe that was up twenty basis points when it was expected to be up forty. I believe. Don't quote me on that. I believe I might be wrong there, but it was it was lower than expected. Um, that sent the, it was so funny. Cause I remember saying that the, um, the market would, you know, go up by about 5% probably on the day that CPI data started to go down. And sure enough, I think that's where the market closed up 5%. Um, 
been having to pinch myself a little bit because although this is hasn't been a sustained rally, I still have some things that I want to see. Uh, some of the calls that I've made on this particular moment for throughout the year are turning out so far to be right, though the catalysts that I thought that were going to drive it are are different. So um, that's interesting. Um, something about the rally that I want to see, though, is it be more of a sustained rally, meaning that it's more of a a broad market participating rather than like today it was technology, yesterday it was value, last week it was kind of everything. But it, it's better to see all areas of the market, minus we could see a pullback in technology, which would be okay. Uh, but the majority of the um, sectors doing well. Now, with that being said, nine out of the 11 sectors today were up and that's important, but I would like to see broad market participation consistently and not just it swinging so far from um, yesterday being the Dow looked like the NASDAQ today. So I don't, I, that's not necessarily great or bad, but it's better to have more consistency and more um, congruity throughout the three top major indices. Um, as I said, ha, 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 If you pulled your money out of the market, you feel dumb. I don't know why people do that. Um, I literally, I wish people would just listen and understand that uh, emotions are going to get in people's way. Complete, you have to completely ignore what you see on the news because it has nothing to do with you. And it's old news if they're telling you that. That's why they repeat it like six times, uh, especially if you're on the West Coast. It's 9 a.m. on the East Coast where, <laughs> where they're talking from. So, um, But yeah, it's sticking to your plan has shown, especially over the past few days, that, that the reasons why you do so. And um, shout out to everybody that's been doing that. It is a marathon, not a sprint. It is a crockpot, not a microwave. However you want to put it, it's the way to do it. Um, I am still nibbling in areas in my portfolio. Um, I'm buying every single week. I'm buying multiple times every single week. I'm taking the dividends, reinvesting them, and buying more. Um, I think that a lot of people are going to look back on this opportunity that have not been doing what a lot of my clients have been doing for the past six, seven months. Um, which is just continuously buying the market all the way down, averaging their positions and balances down and getting paid dividends the whole way. They're not going to have as much of an upside because by the time that people start getting into the market, which is going to be here in the next few months, I think um, it's going to be too late. They're going to have missed the other 20%. And that's where I was saying that people miss just these couple days when the market goes up over many years. And that can drastically affect somebody's portfolio because you get paid dividends based on the value of your portfolio. And if I have a 20% higher balance, I'm getting a 20% higher dividend. That's a lot of money long-term when you have a large account balance. So yeah, I mean, I had a buddy that, uh, you know, he sent me a a screenshot and he listens to the show. So uh, shout out to Jeff. He's got about, I don't know, a little over 2 million in, you know, his his accounts. And uh, that day that we saw that five been a quarter, you know, bump. Uh, He sent me a screenshot and he's like, this is why I listen to you and Ryan and why you always stay invested. I mean, he was showing $110,000 profit that day. You know, if he would have pulled that money out and, you know, let the fear drive the decision and really not to lose 110, it's literally like losing out on 110. I was going to say it's, it's not only did he not, you know, he made that amount of money, but that's like money that people are losing by not being invested. And, and, and somebody made it because when you hit sell, somebody buys. That's right. 
if you hit sell and nobody buys, then you can panic <laughs> because nobody wants your shit investment. Uh, but when you hit sell and it transacts through, that means somebody was waiting on the other side to buy. And yep. you have to ask yourself, are they smarter? Or are they dumber than you? Um, we saw Berkshire Hathaway taking a massive position in uh, Taiwan Semiconductor, $4.1, I believe, billion dollar position, which was announced uh, through, through filings uh, today, which is also massive. What does that tell uh, you? Or I guess, what is that? Semiconductor, that's my favorite play in the semiconductor space. A lot of people yeah. like NVIDIA. I like AMD, TSM, Taiwan Semiconductor, AMD. Make sure you check with your financial advisor before you buy anything. It's not financial advice. Um, you, by getting those, those areas, Taiwan Semiconductor, in my opinion, is the best at doing it. They have, they're an Asian company, first of all. So their management is like immaculate. It's impeccable. They have been doing the best in this space for a long time. They have a lot of geopolitical risk with uh, China going on right now, but minus that little one thing, they're the best in the space. I don't think that they're going to get messed with. I just think they're going to be a ball to kind of toss around like, oh, look, we might we might invade Taiwan. And then everybody knows that would cut off about 60% of the world's semiconductor supply because TS, uh, Taiwan Semiconductor supplies about that much. But they're literally the best at what they do. And then you go over to, you know, you have all these other companies that you can get play on, you know, IBM, AMD. Um, I just don't like NVIDIA because I just think that they got so hot so fast with the video game plus crypto mining. And now crypto is going to really take a huge turn for something different. Um, also, ha ha ha, if you didn't sell your Bitcoin. I am still buying the cryptocurrencies that I have said. So just so you know, I'm not being, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite or anything. I am still buying some crypto. I'm never buying Bitcoin. I don't care if it goes to $1 million. I'll go live on the street. Um, but it's just been a wild week for assets. Risk on assets are definitely in favor right now. Um, the FTX scandal, though, is going to do finally what I've been saying needs to happen. And regulation is going to come to crypto. And it's the best thing that could ever happen because all you idiots that love cryptocurrency, which is not me, um, get blinded by what's actually good in the cryptocurrency, DeFi, whatever you want to call it. It's the technology. And then what's going to happen is all these big companies that actually have money, unlike you, are going to invest that money into this technology. They're then going to own it. And you're ultimately going to have shot yourself in the foot, just like everybody who bought it, every fucking liberal that bought a Tesla to fund the takeover of Twitter. Um, that's how you're going to feel because you have then done all the hard work for all the big firms. And instead of trying to work with them, you try to go against the grain and you're going to get taken out. Uh, by the way, major U.S. banks announced today that they're going to start a um, digital dollar trial with the New York Fed starting next month. Wow. Here it comes, folks. You heard it here first. So here it comes. Um, I'm not sure if I was actually allowed to say that, but we can go ahead and post this. I will ride that out with, with Ernie later. Uh, but that is digital dollars getting, um, is going to be, is being talked about and used on blockchain. Uh, they studied um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all of that. They have it freaking pretty much down to how they want it to work. And it would be a real digital dollar that the U.S. government would issue. Kind of like China issues a digital yuan. Yuan? Yuan? I think. 
Um, Kyle, help me out, bro. Is it you on? Um, digital you on, I think, is what they have. And it's literally like on their phone. You can have a huge wallet like you carry around your... Um, I have an iPhone. so like Apple Pay. I have my my credit card. Yep. Except like, I know it's weird. It's kind of a concept off to rub my brain around. But you have like digital cash. And it just shows you a bill and shows you how much you have. So you can still pay in cash digitally, which I think would avoid transaction fees. So I think that's going to be the, the reason why you would do it. Now, here's the thing. Digital cash will probably over time overtake physical cash. And then what that's going to do is it's going to really hurt the black markets. So yeah. I still think there's always going to be a place for cryptocurrency, but it's just going to be illegal usage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole uh, FTX scandal is insane. insane. With how insane. It's, The how fact it's, that Congress was approving money to go to Ukraine, dollars. not potentially, it is taxpayer dollars, yeah. to go to Ukraine. And Ukraine was making deposits into their like fund via the FTX um, platform. Platform, and now all the money that was on the FTX platform is gone. But before it was gone, it was being sent to significant I donations. Mean, Joe Biden's reelection fund, Democrats to be reelected. It's. It, it, I mean, I, I personally, this needs to be, and I'm curious at what level it will be investigated. It will not be investigated any time Joe Biden's in office. It seems like one of the most insane money laundering scandals of taxes. It is. Dollars. And the thing is, like, all, all these, all this is why I hate Democrats, because they're the, some of the biggest hypocrites they can have. I'm not saying Republicans aren't wrong ever, because we are wrong all the time. I think one of the things that separates Republicans sometimes more so than Democrats is they're more willing to admit when they're wrong and, and be more of a a genuine person uh, versus constantly whataboutism, constantly pointing the finger elsewhere. And, and literally, it's like blatant cheating. And um, I'm not the one to jump on that kind of stuff. Uh, I try to keep a pretty level head with stuff. But the Arizona election, governor election smells real bad. Um, well, I mean, if really you look bad. at every, every um, delayed vote count to decide any election it has 100 percent been favored in and settled in the side of the democrats and it's minus, weird right you minus see florida for, for bush correct but as of let's say the last handful of years yes, yes. it has been significant and weird spikes and vote drops you know obviously ballot harvesting being a very big issue that a lot of people are you know, mail-in voting, um, having issues with, but it's, it's interesting how, you know, that. I just don't know how Florida does 7.5 million votes in an hour and a half. Not one person has a complaint from either side. Yeah. Yeah. Not a Democrat complain, not a Republican complain. Everybody found out on election night who was elected. It was, it was like. So what's going to happen to this Sam Bankman-Fried guy? You know, he kind of, he's, he snuck out in the middle of the night, flew to Argentina, then flew to the Bahamas. I I don't think anything's going to happen to him. I mean, you don't think he's going to like show up dead somewhere? And that is what potentially like, I I mean, like in a legal sense. Yeah. Legally. I mean, it it sounds like there's no, I think he structured the company in a way to protect himself through this because his dad is a like gangster 
trust attorney at Stanford. I don't know if everybody knows that, but his oh, dad yeah. is, a, is a is a corporate tax and I believe trust attorney, um, and is a professor of it. So, yeah, he had, I believe he had like fifty or sixty entities wrapped all up in each other. I mean, I saw the. Yeah, yeah, I put out board chart was insanely confusing. What the hell? He had each person that he was paying on their own LLC. So I mean, it was hats off. My design set up that way, obviously. And then he did it in the Bahamas, and then Alameda Research is a Hong Kong based company. Two places we we do not have financial extradition with at all. We have extradition agreement with the Bahamas, but only for like acts of terrorism and violent crimes. So basically, they, financial black holes, you will never see any type of recourse accountability. I don't whatsoever. think so. I don't think so. I hope I'm wrong. But if, well, he is, if he is who he's made himself out to be so far, which is a thief and a criminal. Um, I mean, he screwed a lot of people, a lot of big names, a lot of big donors, a lot yeah. of big investment groups that threw in a significant amount of capital behind and endorsed him, too. I mean... The amount of names and celebrities and people that were endorsing this, uh, I mean, it just seems like a total, total um, kind of meltdown from a credibility standpoint for everybody that's involved in this. And now you're starting to see one domino, big domino fall. Block FI just filed for, well, this isn't public info yet, but fuck it. Block FI filed for a bankruptcy today. They said they're, they're seeking, they're filed. They're filed for for bankruptcy. They're gone. Like if I was huge, um, I heard whispers that Al, uh, not Algorand, what am I saying? Ethereum, which would be really weird. Um, I don't know how that would work because they're not an exchange. They're yeah. a cryptocurrency. So maybe just a lot of shit thrown right there. I don't know how, how real that is. But um yeah, crypto sucks, guys. The technology is great, and that will be adopted, and that will help change our world for better. It will. It'll make it'll make real estate transactions much smoother. It'll make them cheaper. Sorry, title companies. I really don't. Th- I think that will I think NFT idea that kind of thing is going to kill title companies, and for a good reason. They're just not really needed. They're in, they're an excess weight uh, for both sides, you know. And a buyer doesn't want to have a title company if they don't need one, and a seller doesn't want to have a title company if they don't need one. If everything can be transparent, we can yep. see the whole transaction. Yeah, there's all there's a lot of middlemen that will become eradicated and that will make the system move smoother. It'll Great. make everything cheaper, and then then the barrier to entry is lower. And that's the beautiful thing about what I think cryptocurrency will eventually do. Just like all things that kind of improve, it's like cell phones. I mean, you can go back and look at cell phones when ETFs came out. People were demonizing ETFs. They would they would. Uh, crash the stock market because they're liquid like a stock. And so people can sell and buy them like a stock. No, none of that stuff happened. There's always just naysayer, certain naysayers. And they always kind of just poo-poo on your ideas, probably because a lot of times they're just selling their books. That's what I call it. Like they're selling their idea to you and they, they don't want to change their idea. But I, I think that, although I hate crypto of what it's trying to be, what it already has is, is gold. It's it's very good. The technology should be adopted by all financial institutions and it should be figured out how to work itself into other places in our world because it's a better way to do something we already do. That's that's the whole reason the New York Fed is even doing this test on the digital dollar. Do you think they would even that's that's going to cost them money and time and effort 
they would not spend it if it didn't have value or didn't have some sort of something in it for them because they don't want to pay all the inter- intermediaries either. They just want to transact directly with, with U.S. citizens. They can do that. Plus, they can have a public ledger where they can track all the money. Oh, y'all tried to, y'all built something that is very good to use illegally. But if it's used legally, it's also really hard to use it illegally. If you catch in my drift, it's going to be hard to use uh, digital dollars once they become kind of common in an illicit way, I think, because you'd be using a treasury backed denominated item that is traceable. Yep. So So, what do you say to all of the crypto heads that are like doubling down right now of, hey, this institution going down is a good thing. And now is an even better time to get in and double down and ride this thing into the ground, you know, (laughs) basically life or death, right? What do you say to those people right now that are doubling down on crypto, specifically Bitcoin? Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. I kind of feel sorry for those people, um, but then I don't at the same time. Uh, it's the equivalent of watching somebody run their life savings through a slot machine. They may hit the jackpot, no doubt, but we all know how it's going to likely end. Um, and I hope it's a lesson learned. Um, I do think that there's a potential that Bitcoin could just be around forever as a, um, a place to speculate, just like the casinos have been around forever as a place to speculate. True. So I don't, I don't know if it'll ever go away for sure. Not going to be digital gold. Definitely. is not a store of value. It's just way too volatile. And every... Everything that everybody tries to die on is eventually proven just that that's not right. And I would argue it's because that most people that are obsessed with crypto are pretty fucking stupid from a financial standpoint. They think they know things like Sam Bankman. They think they know how the financial system should work. 
but they don't understand that like this, the financial system, the banking system, is thousands of years old. It's not like something we came up with. It's something that has been done and redone and redone and redone and redone and redone over thousands of years by, by multi generations of different ethnic groups. And everybody has picked what works best. Banks still work differently across the world, slightly, but they overall work exactly the same. Why do they all work exactly the same? Because it works. Cryptos have a big issue where they all kind of work differently. And that's because nobody knows what works. Um, sorry, just sorry, not sorry. It's the facts. And I don't, I, I feel bad that people are, stu- are too stubborn to listen. But I do understand why, because most of the people that are in the crypto space, from what I've experienced, are flaming libs, and none of them ever want to admit when they're wrong. Mm-hmm. So I would rather watch them go down in a fiery, fiery, it's almost, I, they're my stars, and I will watch them supernova. <laughs> We've got some uh, data that's come out on uh, household. Obviously, we got the, the, the core and, um, you know, BPI. Mm-hmm that came out with inflation data. So it's still yeah. running hot, cooling, cooling. I would say it's, I can now too early for a pivot party. You know, I don't see the fed pivoting, but what I do see now in the cards folks is a 50, 25 nil. I think that's a healthy assumption. I think the market's definitely got maybe a little bit ahead of themselves. Um, Five percent, not not to say I didn't say that, but that's that's a lot. That's over one trillion dollars in value added in twenty four hours on the U.S. stock market at that value when it went up. That's a lot of money in one day. So um, I don't think we're out. I don't think the bottom is in to mean that um, we need to break through the two hundred day moving average and not bounce off of it like we did in July. So I need to see the S&P break above about 40,080, 4,120. Break, hold, sustain for a few days. That now tells me that we might have a reversal. That now tells me we might have something to hold on to and we'll be sticky. Do I think that can happen? I don't know. So we've got more data that's come out on household debt, mortgage, and auto loan originations, which we're going to talk about here in a in a second, I wanted to get your take. Thirty seven percent of realtors also could not pay their rent last month, which is up. Where so I'm getting at something here, which I think I, I want to get your your thoughts and feedback. And Anthony can pull this up on the screen here for us. Yep. So usually spikes in inflation, as you can see here in this chart. If you guys are watching this on on YouTube, you can kind of see what I'm pointing to here. These two black arrows. So when we see spikes in inflation. That has generally historically led to recessions. You know, you got rates raising, you've got the inflation, and then, you know, you can see here in these kind of blue graph columns, you know, small blips of time on this overall timeline as a recession. So, and Anthony, you can pull that off now. As we have, you know, moved to gathering more data and we're kind of heading into 2023. We've been talking about this kind of party, pandemic party coming to an end for quite some time now. And as of today, credit card balances have increased by 38 billion. The 15% year-over-year increase in credit card balances represents the largest in more than 20 years. 
We're seeing mortgage originations, which also does include refinances, uh, stood at about $633 billion in the third quarter, representing a $126 billion decline from the second quarter. We're seeing inventory start to continue to rise. At least right now, we've got inventories up 45% uh, compared to the same week in 2020, um, up 8.9% uh, in 2019. And we're still down, though, about 35%. So inventory still at healthy levels. October sales were down almost 30%. Um, in September, these same markets were down 24% year-over-year, seasonally adjusted. And as we start to see rents fall, inflation high, rates high, you know, net operating income on uh, you know, real estate investments starting to shrink, cap rates starting to expand, value starting to soften. What are your thoughts around the overall climate with going into 2023 with this data? Is it, is it starting to get a little bit more grim and a little bit more concerning on Main Street? Not necessarily from a Wall Street perspective, but you know, is, is Main Street, we're starting to hear more talk about you know, really tightening up on spending, you know, tough times ahead. You know, is this, again, more fear-mongering or what are your thoughts around what we're actually going to see here in 2023? Well, I think just like um, it's around March of this year, it's been hard to hold uh, onto the November flag and stake that. Uh, but I have, and I did, and I will continue to do that until I'm I'm wrong, which so far so so good. It's knock on some wood. Um, I think the hard thing to do is going to be to resist going off of um, charts like that because they don't. Um, you also notice they don't have a recession indicated for 2020. And 2020 was a recession and has been indicated as a as a real recession. Um, they just made the calculated risk may not think that. Um, the difference is it was a different type of recession. It was a V-shaped recovery. So it didn't it, last yeah. It's in there, but it's so thin. That line is so thin that it's oh. it's pretty hard Maybe to see, right? Barely. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it doesn't even look okay. Now I can see it. Okay. Yeah. Excuse me. So um, yeah, again, you can barely see that. The the thing that I think I think that anybody can say we're in a recession, just like we found out this year, you can say you're not in a recession. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're in a technical recession. It's not a normal one. It was it was areas of the market that went through through pain because of hyperinflation. I don't know if that chart oh, it does go back to the 70s. I don't know if we have uh I think after the hyperinflation in the 70s, which was a regular, uh, there we go. Yep. Which was a regular inflation. That's the worst one that ever happened. Yep. That's when we had a massive recession. Yeah. But if you notice in the prior years, rates were actually going up and we were in a recession. So it's not, it wouldn't be the first time or the last time, but I think what's going to happen is, do you see that shade to the left? That's that's in the two that before the seventies, the worst one. One more over to the right. I think that one's eventually going to be right there, and they're going to have to readjust and put that number there. And they're going to say that actually we were in a recession while we were raising rates, and we were wrong. And I would be in the same pool as Jeremy Siegel. I would be in the same pool as a lot of other major economists and economists are who I would trust more than analysts because they're the ones that actually make these charts 
And he is saying that we're not in a recession currently right now, as it typically is defined. And we were in a technical recession and are coming out of that. Um, I don't see how the stock market could take a huge dump and dive more than it already has considering when there's any sort of good news that inflation date, by the way, we haven't had a negative print yet. So inflation data is still going up. It's just lessening. When we start getting negative prints on inflation, which is going to start happening in the coming months, the stock market is going to go on a tear. There is no way that that's going to be able to be stopped. And then by springtime, if that does happen, the real estate market just start to kind of rebound on itself. It's going to start going through its july through august moment right now i think this is going to be the next few months i think is going to be the worst few months for the stock market mainly because of the timing and then you mix in seasonality it's just a shitty time um i think that'll start rebounding and then both of those will start moving in lockstep with each other and by that time it will magically be the time when rates are supposed to start being cut and when they start cutting rates again which should be at the end of q2 or q3 of next year um the market's going to take off. I just don't see how that can happen if what I'm saying I think is going to happen happens. Again, this is when I tell my story and I get to fill in all the details. Um, where and when could that go off the rails? If they continue to raise interest rates and they don't stop, they don't moderate and pull back and let and see what happens. That's baked into the market right now. So that would cause an aggressive pullback. Then what that could tell us or that could that could indicate to people is that the Fed is, is willing to be hawkish and so hawkish that they'll put us into a, into a quote unquote typical recession. And that could very well happen. I just don't think that they want to do that, especially since next year is when we vote um, again. This time it's for the president, uh, not for who's going to be the president, but for who's going to run against the president. And the last thing that the, the Democrats want to do is go into an election year coming out of a recession, it would be, it's already going to be really hard for them to try to get Joe Biden elected. Um, So them coming into that is going to be really, really, really hard. I just don't see any of that panning out. Um, As I said before, a lot of the times, whatever the media says, it's good to kind of assume the opposite. They said it's a bad time to be in the market when I've been telling you it's a good time to be buying. Um, And they're saying now is that there's going to, now there's going to be a recession. What was the last 11 months? I still have had nobody it could be asked that question, pose that question, or answer it. What was the last 10 months then? Was it just nothing? Just nothing? Just big old nothing burger? Just going to act like it didn't happen? I mean, you got to just connect the dots, people. The same people that told you that there was going to be nothing happening and ripped all their money out of the stock market in September last year are the same people now telling you that it's going to be a shitty time and you should definitely be worried for times ahead. Come on. My people on my pulpit as I speak to you with love and endearing dollar signs coming out of my eyeballs and heart. (laughs) Buy quality equity investments. I would recommend, Matt would probably agree with this. I would recommend unless you're doing a deal like a screen coffee company or a syndication or something that's already put together and done. Don't go out and try to buy shit right now. You're going to pay way more than you would in six months. Yep. Chill. So, that's my opinion on where I think it's going to be. And I think that's exactly how it's going to pan out. And I'm definitely feeling super gassed up because I made a prediction for November and March. That was about an eight month spread. This is only about a six month spread. So I don't even have to look so far forward. 
I think it's going to be a better than expected, but hard time to make money. You have to be very tactful where you put your money. And if you are a real estate investor, and I think Matt would also agree with this, you should be cranking your performance, which I hope to God you have, down to like the nitty gritty, like barely surviving. And if the numbers pencil then, buy the damn thing. But a lot of the stuff's not going to because interest rates are going to be too high. Yeah. So wait for the asset values to come down because they are going to come down. Yeah, they, they, they haven't yet. I'm starting to see. Yeah, man, there's just so many sellers that are just still living off the blue sky of of what was. And when when rents were holding as strong as they were, right? And that operation. ARVs are the are the smoke and mirror right now, in my opinion. I think people are going off old ARVs and yep. they're going off of old. Um, they're going off ARVs based on old uh, comps. comps. Excuse me, yeah. comps, old rent rolls. Yeah. Right? Things are are softening up right now. And so, yeah. you know, in 2008, 2009, Nine, yeah, some really... of 2010, the, that wasn't the bottom. That was the market correcting, right? And, you know, and you'll notice it was you bought the stock market a few months before you bought the real estate market. Because yeah, the correct. stock market always gets there faster because it moves faster and then always recovers faster because it, it does it does its up and you down. Really, yeah, the real estate market still has lots of 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 runway to go and but it's runway is like from one percent to zero you know yeah, it's not it's, like from t- from 100 to 80 it's it's the stock market's the most volatile short-term asset you can ever own yep yeah Whereas real estate being one of the most stable i was in a good uh meeting um with some GoBundance guys recently they brought in a, an economist and he had some you probably would just think i'm a fucking idiot no this was a real estate guy and, and oh. he was he was all about studying uh real estate trends and data and he believes in, in kind of a lot of his predictions based on historicals and kind of what's been going on in the stock market is q3 of next year sellers are gonna have to start getting much more realistic the only real distressed sales you're seeing out there right now are either bad blown up partnerships, right? Or people who got short-term debt. And now the short-term debt they were thinking they were going to burr refinance into being much lower is now much higher and that the numbers don't pencil, right? Mm-hmm. Or they, they're blue sky that they painted that was so good and so amazing and the market's going to run on and increase exactly. forever is no longer the case. Yep. But other than that, more people are sitting on more equity than they ever have before. And so... And they have more cash than they've ever had before. Correct. And let us just point fingers at the real. There's there's a the real bubble that is out there. Folks, is the car lending space because values on cars have plummeted. Yeah, and a lot of people were using. They have them those teaser rates that are based on interest rates and values of cars. And so if they go down, your car value and the interest rates go up. Your payment goes up. Yep. There's a lot of repossessions happening on vehicles. That's why you see auto auctions are hot right now. If you drive down Fulton, I mean, you can see 2020 Mercedes on side lots. There's a reason you see 2020 that that's it. That's an indicator. If you know what to look for those side lots, they're buying stuff at auction. If they're getting 2020, 2021 models at auction and they're not salvage title or whatever, they're legitimate, just repo. That's a big sign that people way overestimated things were going to be good, just like in the real estate market, just like in the stock market. It happens in both. And that's going to bleed over into some things because when somebody loses their car, they may lose their job. Now they can't pay their bills. 
there's going to be some pain to be felt from that. Mark oh, my word. It just hasn't yeah. reared an ugly head yet. And the real estate market is just beginning. I mean, to be completely honest, I don't even know if it's really begun uh, at the level that's going to create some insane, massive opportunities. I mean, on the larger commercial assets, you know, where mm. it's a smaller ownership pool, that's one thing. But when you're yep. talking about the massive pool of single family home ownership, you know, people haven't really distressed, you know, the, uh, loan forbearance, you know, defaults are all still very low. But when you start seeing some of this data, low. but when you start seeing some of this data, and this is where we're starting to pay attention to, if inflation continues to run hot, if you start to see household debt continue to increase and credit card balances are starting to, you know, increase as you start to see, you know, some of these, um, you know, rates continue to tick up and the cost of money is more expensive, you start seeing unemployment potentially trickle, right? Like those are some of the things that, again, aren't catastrophic right now, but as they continue to trend in that direction, whether it's you or not you, it's somebody. And that data is, in, is accounting for someone. And that type of distress is somewhere in the marketplace. Yeah. And so as we see those trends go upwards, we're going to start seeing more and more opportunity present itself. And so I think. Again, next year, we're going to start to see some real opportunities become a little bit more commonplace. Like right now, it's needle in a haystack. You, you better have a good relationship with a loss mitigation department, a really good, you know, off-market, um, you know, group that's doing this as a living for finding these types of distress sales. You're running your own marketing campaigns. But eventually, like, you know, and I'm not saying this is going to be 2008 all over again, but after a while, I mean, you could sneeze and come across a flip or you know a distressed sale that you could make $50,000 on anywhere. You just had to be in the game and you had to have the resources and the expertise to be able to capitalize on it. Now, again, I'm not saying it's going to be that catastrophic, but those types of opportunities are going to become a little bit more commonplace. And so now is the time to be getting yourself ready for those types of opportunities and also just to build a moat around all the things that are important to you. Hence why Ryan and I are consistently reviewing, you know, my investment portfolio. If you haven't done an x-ray, that's why you should do an x-ray. Sure. Get your hands, both hands on your financial steering wheel to make sure that that part of your wealth building plan is accounted for and it's doing what you need it to do, especially in times like right now, right? You can do that by texting the word x-ray to 844-447-1555 and connect with Ryan and his team. You know, for me, it's looking at all of my real estate assets right now and heavily looking at all the systems and all the maintenance plans and all of the tenants and all of the documents that go into protecting the physical condition of those assets that go into optimizing the income tied to those assets, which both of those together protect the value of those assets. The value of anybody who owns real estate right now in terms of your portfolio has gone down in the last three to six months, whether you like it or not. But that's okay because if you're managing and operating properly and you're doing what you need to do to steward your investment dollars, steward your assets properly, when the market turns back around, you're going to be sitting pretty, right? So now is the time to make sure that you're doing the proper activities, you're building the right skills, you're aligning with the right parties, you're doing the right things that are going to put you in a position to win. And you know that cliched statement of, what got you here is not going to get you there. This is one of those seasons, right? Of what got you here is not going to get you to this next, you know, tranche of opportunity to capitalize on going from 
500,000 to a million net worth or a million to 2 million net worth or 2 million to 5 million net worth. But these are the seasons that are almost like the chaos and the stress and the turbulence and the volatility. Those are the price you pay for getting to the next tier. But oftentimes, most people don't want to pay that toll and they shrink in those moments in those seasons and don't do the work that is necessary to get to the next level. And then they become a part of the woulda, shoulda, coulda club versus the people that go, man, this shit's crazy. I don't like what I'm seeing. Maybe there's going to be opportunity. I think there's going to be opportunity. But right now, this shit's a little choppy. So I need to get back in there. I don't need to trust or rely on other people to make those decisions for me or to make those you know, assumptions about what is or isn't going to happen. It's my responsibility. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately what you need to be doing with your finances, what you need to be doing with your wealth portfolio, what you need to be doing with your assets, what you need to be doing with all the things that matter, your family, your health, whatever it may be. So I think right now is just one of those seasons. It's a great reminder of it's time to lean back in, y'all. It's time to lean back into doing the things that got you in this position in the first place. Don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent. Now is the last you know, season that you want to be doing that in. Couldn't agree more. Being proactive and sticking to your plan is always a good idea. And the last thing you want to do is when it's a great idea to be sticking to your plan is move off from it. Mm, agreed. So thank you guys for tuning in today. As always, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, YouTube, podcasting platforms. All we ask is that you leave a review if you find this information helpful and valuable to you. Share it with a friend, a family member. Don't forget to take advantage of your free financial x-ray. You can text mm-hmm. the word x-ray to 844-447-1555 to connect with Ryan and his amazing team. Uh, to get on my credit investor list, get notified of deals and syndications and opportunities we put out there to our credit investors. You can text the word deals to that same phone number. Of course, events will get you update on all the events that we got rolling out. Text the word events and notes. If you're not on my text letter, the weekly newsletter that we send out to our community, uh, be sure to text the word notes. With that being said, tune in next week. We appreciate you guys. Keep investing in your wealth and yourself on your March 2 million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high net worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. 
And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word mentor to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends. 